Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Thanks for joining me this week on All About Data, a conversation with chief data officers and the people who are making data work better in government. On today's episode, we're talking about the Treasury Department's upcoming release of a payment integrity three-year plan. Here to talk about it is Renata Miskell, the Treasury Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Accounting Policy and Financial Transparency. Renata, thanks for joining me. Let's start with just the basics here. How did this three-year plan come about? What are some of the goals of it? What are some of the stakeholders involved? And what ultimately are some of the key components of this plan? First, let me kind of step back a little bit. So I sit within the Office of the Fiscal Assistant Secretary within the Treasury Department. And we work with our, I would say, cousin, peer, family member that is the Bureau of the Fiscal Service. So we're essentially the policy arm and and fiscal service is the operational arm. And together, our mission is to promote the financial integrity and operational efficiency of the federal government. So I have a really fortunate role. I sit at the nexus of accountability, transparency, innovation, and we really act as change agents. So back to payment integrity. For folks who don't really understand what that means, it's really all about paying the right person in the right amount at the right time. So as taxpayers, we naturally want our tax dollars to go to the right places, um, be free from waste, fraud, and abuse. And um, it's really one of the most direct ways that the government interacts with the public. Uh, So when you receive a check or ideally a direct deposit into your account, (laughs) that's really probably one of the most direct ways that you actually interact with the government. And it's also um, one of the most important functions that the government performs. So it's important that we do it with integrity and um, do so in a way that prevents improper payments and fraud. So back to the three-year plan, it's coming off of the pandemic. We saw how important partnerships were in response and recovery efforts. And the payment integrity three-year plan is really part of the Joint Financial Management Improvement Program, or JFMIP for short. And JFMIP can really be a catalyst for positive change for payment integrity because of that partnership aspect. So so the goals of the three-year plan are really to help pay the right person the right amount at the right time by promoting a, a kind of three goals. The first is focusing on prevention. So the best way to promote payment integrity is really to prevent fraud and improper payments from occurring in the first place. There's lots of OMB and GAO policy guidance like Circular A123 and the Green Book that really talk about, you know, assessing risk up front and putting internal controls in place. But one of the kind of bigger ways that we can assist agencies is really helping them get access to data and analytics. So really kind of that real-time prevention and detection. So that's the first goal is focusing on prevention. The second goal is about promoting best practice. Uh, So sharing information about how agencies states um, that run federally funded state-administered programs like Medicaid or unemployment insurance, um, how they approach some of the challenges with getting access to data and getting that data actionable, some of the ways that they develop their internal controls or some of the ways that they um, detect fraud and improper payments. And the third goal is about strengthening partnerships. The flow of federal funds, it's it's a complex web of stakeholders and system. You know, there's complex relationships between the CFO community and program offices. There's complex relationships between states and the federal government and, you know, and local and tribal governments as well. And then finally, between oversight, so the inspector general community and GAO and federal agencies. 
So it's really all about uh, taking a whole of government approach and strengthening those partnerships because we are all aligned in that strengthening trust in government and payment integrity. Okay, a lot of moving pieces there. Let's focus on one of them that you mentioned, the getting access to data. You know, of course, there's a ton of spending data out there across all of these different agency partners. And you mentioned that, you know, with the pandemic spending, we saw that data really in overdrive here. Can you spend a little bit more time just unpacking that data pillar of things? Because I know data sharing is a very key piece of things. Can you give us some examples of some, you know, data pain points or some examples where there has been uh, that non-harmonious sharing of data uh, and how that can be improved? Sure. Um, So according to GAO, and GAO does a report every year, and I think they do one now quarterly as well, on um, improper payments. Um, So in FY 2022, they put out a report that improper payments have decreased slightly since since last year. So that's that's a very positive thing. However, the root cause of the payments still continues to be lack of access to data and inability to kind of use the data in the right way to prevent the improper payment uh, because of some of the hurdles that exist. So um, data sharing is a huge piece of it. And there's a lot of complex relationships when it comes to key data sources. So for example, one of the key data sources that the Bureau of the Fiscal Service will soon have access to through the Do Not Pay portal, which is a portal where um, agencies and um, states that run federal programs our administrative federal programs can access. So it'll soon have access to the death master file. And the death master file, you might think, okay, great. Like it's important, a piece of information that, you know, I, you don't want to pay the deceased, right? For kind of benefit payments like Medicaid or, or uh, social security. But it's actually really challenging to get access to that full death master file, both in terms of cost and also um, because of privacy and kind of security reasons. So it's really all about kind of breaking through some of those complex challenges and making it easy to do the right thing. So protecting privacy, protecting security, but also enabling access to those key data sources. Another key data source is income verification data. So a lot of means tested programs like SNAP or Medicaid require income verification, right? And um, that can be really challenging. There are people, our non-traditional earners who may not have a history with commercial services that provide that information. Um, And then the commercial information is also really expensive. So if you're a state, if you're a federal program, it can be really challenging to find the dollars to pay for that service. You mentioned that in fiscal 2022, we did see a decrease in improper payments across the federal government. To drill down a little bit more into that, what accounts for that decline? And, you know, where does that drop off in improper payments fit into, you know, perhaps a broader context of what we've seen over a longer period of time? Yeah, I mean, the decline is a step in the right direction. um, And I think it reflects the ongoing collaboration and the tremendous, almost Herculean efforts that the agencies took to uh, put controls in place to prevent fraud and improper payments. And and I'd have to say, you know, Treasury played a large role in this. So our Bureau of the Fiscal Service recently established our Office of Payment Integrity. And we partnered with agencies over the past two years to prevent over $458 million in potentially fraudulent or improper payments. One of the more innovative ways we did that is um, we piloted this commercial tool called Account Verification Service. And 
the main kind of purpose of the pilot was to verify whether a bank account actually belongs to the entity or the recipient that it's intended to go to and the bank account is open. So when we as fiscal service, you know, we issue 90% of federal payments. Prior to that payment, we can run the payment through this account verification service and just confirm that the account is valid and it, it belongs to that entity. And this uh, pilot was extraordinarily successful. So you may remember the economic impact payments or the advanced child tax credits during the pandemic. We screened 2.7 million of those through the account verification service, and we prevented 130 million improper payments just doing that. So that's an example of where we're using data, we're using um, shared services, and we're also partnering to you know stop improper payments. As far as implementation of this three-year plan, this three-year strategy, help me better understand kind of when the effective start date is or was, and when we'll see this run through, like what ultimately is the scope of this? The vision, as agreed to by the principals, is really to promote trust in government by advancing uh, payment integrity in federal programs. So, so I mentioned those three goals of focusing on prevention, promoting best practices, and building partnerships. And to date, we've had outstanding collaboration across four of, across these four entities. So it's not often that you see OMB, Treasury, GAO, OPM in a room together. Uh, we've had a series of brainstorming sessions and rallied around these three goals. And we've um, started to sketch out what the plan would look like. Uh, we anticipate it will be ready for public release this fall. So stay tuned. But I can kind of share some highlights with you. So in the area of focusing on prevention, it's, again, really about getting access to those key data sources and making it, removing as many barriers as you can for federal programs. So really looking to scale and optimize our payment integrity services at fiscal service. In the area of promoting best practices for people like me who are avid readers of GAO reports, um, there's been such fantastic information that GAO has put out. So they recently released a framework for new programs. So if you have a new program as a result of the kind of disaster assistance or relief from Congress, uh, it, it gives really some concrete and practical steps that program managers can go through to set up that program to make sure that they're assessing risk. And then there's also um, things that we had put out you know, prior to the pandemic that are worth um, kind of taking a look at, look at and just making sure that people are aware of them. So Treasury and the CFO Council uh, put out something called the Anti-Fraud Playbook a couple of years ago. And so just, again, sharing those best practices. And then finally, strengthening the partnership. So the majority of improper payments occur with these federally funded state administered programs. So again, I mentioned like Medicaid, unemployment insurance, the earned income tax credit, which is not state administered, but it's, you know, it goes um, to uh, event, you know, citizens in, in every state um, and territory. And, and so it's important to strengthen the partnerships with the states um, that administer these programs and really help um, make the connection between the federal resources and the state challenges and uh, improve that communication and share those best practices. There's obviously that difference between, I imagine, oversight of those new programs that you mentioned, as well as some you know programs that are uh, a little more uh, grandfathered in the ways that they're administered. Um, can you spend a little bit of time of you know breaking down how those two look different in terms of you know watching out for those improper payments? 
for newer programs, it's almost like they have, um, a, you know, they have a challenge, but they also have a benefit. Um, so for example, these newer programs have those best practices that they can go to. So I mentioned um, they recently released uh, GAO framework for managing improper payments and emergencies programs. So, so new programs can actually reach out to the Office of Payment Integrity at Fiscal Service and, and seek technical assistance. Like, hey, help us, you know, understand what's available to us in terms of centralized resources so that we can set up the right controls. And so for new programs, I think it's, you know, of course, it, there's always a, a kind of push to get money out the door and get it out fast. But um, at the same time, there are a lot of resources that they can leverage. For longstanding programs, you know, it's really about uh, focusing on the vulnerabilities that programs already know exist. Um, so during the pandemic, we saw that fraudsters just took advantage of those existing vulnerabilities, like, for example, in the unemployment insurance program and the paycheck protection program, like these things, there were some challenges that already had existed. And so really kind of leaning in on that ability to access data and to access it at the right time. Um, so prepayment, pre-award, so that uh, the decision maker at the program side can use that data effectively to make that decision and prevent that payment from occurring. That was Renata Miskell, the Treasury Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Accounting Policy and Financial Transparency. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue our conversation when we return. I'm Jory Heckman, and you're listening to All About Data on Federal News Network. We're speaking with Renata Miskell, the Treasury Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Accounting Policy and Financial Transparency. Obviously, we've spoken a bit about the role that the COVID-19 pandemic has had in terms of improper payments, in terms of fraud. But to really zero in on that, uh, what are some of the lessons learned that Treasury uh, has gleaned from all of this when it, ter- when it comes to improper payments during the past couple of years? One thing that I think is just really incredible that we probably don't talk about enough is the rapid speed in which we were able to provide uh, assistance, financial assistance to people and entities that needed it. So, you know, compared to the Great Depression, where it took years, <laughs> compared to the 2008 recession, where it took, you know, months. And, and here, you know, for example, with the economic impact payments, that third round, we were able to issue over $400 billion dollars in a matter of days. So just being able to directly, you know, send that money to people's bank accounts or entities' bank accounts. So that's great. We were able to deliver funding in, in record time to help provide relief. But at the same time, you know, we we saw fraudsters taking advantage of that record breaking, you know, assistance and and like exploiting those vulnerabilities. So one lesson learned is um, really kind of working with programs up front. So fiscal service did this really well with FEMA. You may remember FEMA had the funeral assistance program. So people who qualified, you know, if they had death in the family as a result of COVID, they could qualify for this program. And uh, FEMA came to Treasury and they partnered with us and they asked us, hey, you know, this this program could be subject to lots of fraud. Can you help us? Um, So we... Uh, proactively engaged with them. We leveraged, we, you know, shared kind of tools like the account verification service. We uh, also did provided some additional um, uh, death, 
data um, to help them kind of verify, hey, this is the right bank account, the right person. Um, this individual, in fact, is deceased. And, and we really helped them prevent, um, I think it was close to $86 million in fraudulent payments. So again, it's we, we put the money out really quickly. <laughs> Programs that uh, were proactive in partnering to find access to data were successful. And then ones that had... Um, you know, sort of long-standing vulnerabilities that were slower to do that. You know, we saw some pretty big fraud and improper payments occur. One other thing I would mention is, so my previous role, I was the chief data and analytics officer at the Department of Health and Human Services Office of the Inspector General. And, and this was during COVID. And, you know, I have to say that the, the kind of the pay and chase model is not the best way to promote payment integrity. Once money goes out the door, it is really challenging to get it back. And so it's really important to kind of set those controls up front um, because, you know, having supported our office of investigations, um, finding a, the resources it takes to kind of indict or find those criminals. Um, and then once you do, it, it can be really challenging to actually recoup those dollars. Absolutely. That proactive oversight is, is really kind of the name of the game here. To broaden out the scope here a little bit more, what are some of the emerging trends around improper payments that Treasury's been uh, tracking? And how does that require a new approach from agencies and their IG offices to stay on top of things? It's, it's interesting. We hear about emerging technology like artificial intelligence. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, just as can be a really positive thing for government in terms of better, more efficiently, effectively delivering services. You can also assist, you know, fraudsters and nefarious actors in more quickly exploiting weaknesses in federal programs and taking advantage of of, um, of taxpayer dollars in a way that's unintended or you know, inappropriate. So I think, um, you know, the pandemic certainly was an example of this. Um, so I think the kind of biggest trend I'd say is like. The, the speed and the magnitude at which this is all occurring. Like I mentioned before, these vulnerabilities had existed before. You know, fraud has always been something that's been out there, but the speed and the magnitude at which it occurs and can occur is really the kind of the biggest change. So that really, really emphasizes the need for focusing on prevention and really having actionable data. So empowering federal programs to have access to data and to use it for decision-making. And, and that's why the three-year plan focuses around those three goals. It's really, you know, number one, focusing on prevention, sharing those best practices and strengthening the partnership so that we can um, facilitate the data sharing and um, kind of, uh, stop fraud upfront. You mentioned that, you know, the tools are evolving as well, that uh, investigators and, you know, program managers have to, you know, watch out for improper payments, watch out for fraud of, of, of any waste, shape and form. How do you see those uh, tools becoming more valuable or to stay ahead of these emerging trends? Yeah, this is an area where I think it's it's super exciting. Um, and and, and I do think um, there's a lot of opportunity to kind of transform how we have been looking at, you know, establishing internal controls to prevent um, improper payments and fraud. So modern kind of emerging technology, when used responsibly, you know, so, and securely can really be a game changer when it comes to enabling real-time prevention and detection. And so we want to kind of enable that um, real-time detection and prevention. So I think, 
because of the complexity of federal systems and programs and, and the payment life cycle, we can and we can and we should infuse advanced analytics and um, again, responsibly use um, approaches like artificial intelligence to flag anomalies, flag risk, and also predict where we might see fraud or improper payments occur so that um, the time spent from the you know, program administrator side is not on kind of reconciling and kind of figuring out the data is more about, okay, well, I see this, you know, potential um, risk here and let me take a closer look and um, help make the decision about whether or not this is in fact um, risky. So, so again, I think the technology is ripe and here at Treasury, we have um, a very unique position, both because we are the central dispersing agency for the federal government. You know, it's not often that the federal government actually has a central function. <laughs> so, so we see the payments coming through the door every day. Um, and we also have um, the unique ability to leverage um, our Office of Payment Integrity services like Do Not Pay and others to help assist um, agencies and states in paying the right person the right amount at the right time. All right. Well, we'll be keeping an eye out for when this three-year plan does arrive in the fall. Once it does, what are, I guess, some of the goals? What do you hope to see change or improve as a result of this plan once that does become public? I'd say, you know, payment integrity, it's been um, a topic of conversation probably since government started, right? You know, <laughs> right? It's, it's not a new concept. I think the three-year plan and this JFMIP effort can really amplify the work that is ongoing and be a catalyst for change in in terms of using uh, data proactively, um, leveraging best practices and strengthening those partnerships. It's I think we intend to reach every level. So from the highest levels of government all the way through to people who are on the ground um, kind of administering the programs, um, both at the federal and state levels. And we want to um, really understand what their pain points are. And we also really want to understand like what's working well and what needs to be calibrated or what needs to be created to help them um, improve. So we, we know some of the um, challenges, right? So I mentioned access to data, um, specifically income verification data is a huge one. Um, and I think the three-year plan can really serve as a catalyst and um, promote that proactive um, prevention. That was Renata Miskell, the Treasury Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Accounting Policy and Financial Transparency. You can find more data coverage as well as more episodes of All About Data on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows.